Welcome to the Overcomers Unite podcast, where we believe that struggling well and overcoming are essential ingredients in your leadership journey. We share leaders' stories of overcoming to encourage and inspire you to keep pressing on. I'm your host, Grace Esther. Today, I'm excited for you to meet my friend Casey, who is a former collegiate athlete who's going to vulnerably share her story with us about what it was like to compete in the NCAA. So without further ado, here's Casey's story. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all having an amazing day. I am so excited for you all to get to meet Casey Lee. She is an amazing lady who is a health and fitness coach and also a meal prep master. So after we finish today, make sure you go check out her Instagram so you can learn all of the cool tips she has for prepping. Um, Today, she's going to share with us a little bit of her journey uh, with overcoming. So uh, she is actually a former collegiate athlete and has dealt a lot with setbacks and overcoming and mindset and a lot of that stuff. So she's going to just share her journey with us. So how are you doing today, Casey? I'm doing great. Thanks for that introduction, Grace. That was really, you really went through it all. That was awesome. Woohoo! Yeah, this is great. This is fun. I like this. So, uh, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, so can you tell me about a time in your life where you felt like you couldn't move forward and how you were able to uh, press through that, how you process that and what you did to get through? Oh goodness. How much, how much time we got on this podcast? Do I have like all day? It's a four four hour podcast. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Then we got plenty of time. Yeah. I mean that what you just described is the whole athlete mentality mindset that is built when you're burning out. And Mm. I specifically say when you're burning out because there are athletes that go on years and years and years. I mean, no matter what sport they're in, I was a diver for Boise state and no matter what sport you're in, there's a, those athletes that can go on forever. No matter what happens, they just yeah. keep going. That mentality keeps going. And that was not mine. I, I was recruited to Boise State under a coach that I absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the cat's meow and was going to get me to NCAA championships. Mm-hmm. Like, he was awesome. And he got fired my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And that – crushed me because I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Like what coach is going to come in? Mm. Unfortunately, the coach that came in didn't fill his shoes, not even close. And it started into some emotional issues, some verbal abuse. Like I heard things that I never thought I'd hear from another human being in my life. Um, things that people, they really thought that I was, Um, you know, things like I was a terrible person, a terrible athlete, a terrible student, Mm. you know, hearing all of these things and going, wait, is this true? Is this, is this what I am? Is this what I'm going to be? You know, not considering that I graduated cum laude, not considering that I hold all Mountain West, uh, all academic honors and athletic honors and all of these different things that say otherwise, but because they said this from a place of authority, yeah. that I believed it. And mm-hmm. so really the last year, I, I don't talk about it too much. Like I, I talk about it in pieces to the point where 
you know, I'll be telling the full story by the end of this year on another podcast that I'll be hosting called Our Story as Student Athletes. Mm. And really talking about that last year in athletics, how dark a place that I got into that I was blacking out during practice. I don't remember dives that I did. I was starting to fail dives in a really bad way that could have gotten me hurt. And just coaches not caring because I was still performing because Mm -hmm. I was still winning competitions. I was still finaling at major events. I was still going to the championship qualifying meet, which was my ultimate goal of going to NCAA championships. And I was actually in a place to qualify for the championships. Uh, Three out of six of my, actually four out of six of my dives, the fifth dive, I just about failed. And that put me out of qualifying, which I, now I'm very thankful for Mm -hmm. because if I had gone to the championships, like I would have continued to black out. Like I would have been a wreck. And so that time really my life didn't feel like it was moving forward. And Mm -hmm. we talk about, you know, you and I having those static places where we don't feel like our life is moving forward, but there's all the background things that are going on. I was finishing my degree. I was going into an internship that would become a full-time job when I got out of school and all of these things. But because my emotional and my mental was I'm an athlete and I'm a failed athlete, my life didn't feel like it was moving forward. And so that really, really took took hold in what I was able to learn from that experience. My last day in college athletics being one of the worst days of my life because of everything that I heard this coach tell me and yell at me and believe that I was. And so really moving past that and, you know, still, still thinking of myself of everything that I believe that I am and able to help my clients do Um, is truly the most overcoming that I'm able to do and the most rewarding thing that I'm able to overcome for. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that so much because it's something where this place of pain that you were in is able to, um, help you to restore another, like other people's lives, which I think is so beautiful because like we can take that pain and like make it into something good so that other people don't have to get to the same place or if they're in that place, being able to guide them to a place of restoration. Just yeah. And I, I call, I call myself a meal prep master. I am becoming a meal prep master book coming out in April. And I really built all of those tools through this experience of being a college athlete. Like Mm -hmm. meal prepping was my way to fuel my body so that I could handle what was going on. Like I even, when we traveled for meets, half of my suitcase was food just because mm-hmm. I had to have that control and that focus and mm-hmm. the things that were going to fuel my body to be able to handle what I was handling. Yeah. I know that really developed into my skills as a meal prep master and now what I teach my clients. Yeah. Yeah. It's so amazing to see our journeys and how, what we're able to like give to the world like I said, like comes out of this, like these experiences and these places of kind of like intense pain or uh, experiences that maybe we wish we wouldn't have had to go through, but where we get formed and grow. And so, yeah, that's so amazing. So how, so you're still a student during this whole time. How did you, what was it like with school while all of this was going on? Like how was were you able to even enjoy class or like, what was that like? <laughs> um, there's definitely two sides of that answer. So there's the side of when you're a student athlete, like 
it's a very unspoken thing that academics take a back seat, even though they're very, very vocal in our athletes are great academically. They're doing all these wonderful things in classes. They have such high GPAs. They're graduating summa cum laude, like all of these things. And it's definitely an unspoken thing that like you take care of school in your own time. And if that own time is like when you're supposed to be sleeping, cool, that's fine. Hmm. And so I definitely, I love, I studied kinesiology in undergraduate. So that's what I'm doing now. I absolutely love it. I love my classes. I still keep in touch with my classmates from undergraduate, like all amazing things about my coursework near the end of my athletic career. When I was really, really struggling with the existential and identity crisis that I was going through, like class was a backseat, like not to not to discount anything, but I definitely went to 9am classes with margarita and my coffee cup. Mm -hmm. Like that was just the place that I was at because I had to keep doing these things. I had to keep pushing my life forward, Mm -hmm. but I was definitely not in a good place mentally to be able Mm -hmm. to give my full self to it. So it definitely, it was a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I am thankful. I, I left college athletics my last day was April 7th, 2017. I still had one more semester of school Mm because I graduated in December of 2017. And going back to the university, not being an athlete, Mm -hmm. like it was a very, very humbling experience because I know what it's like to be a student athlete. And then I learned what it was like to be a real student and be able to enjoy, you know, things as a student while I'm still struggling with I'm on this campus and at this university that I came to be a student athlete to be. So I still had that, that adjustment to of going to classes and not, not having an expectation on it, which yeah. meant that getting a B was not the end of the world, yeah. which, was, yeah. which was freeing too. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like after college processing through student athlete, that ending kind of going into regular work life, um, starting your master's, all of that, like mentally, how was that transition? Cause I think that's something we don't talk about a lot. And I know I experienced just from like college to like real life. Um, there's kind of like, I think this transition that happens, I think we don't talk about a lot. So how was that process for you and what did you learn, um, going through it? Yeah, I would consider it 100% a hot mess. Hmm. So in 2014, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Meal Hmm. prepping was one of my tools to to cope with that and to make it more my superpower and not my nightmare. And so when I left college athletics, like I, I, again, was blacking out, like had no care in what was going on in my life. Like not to say that I, I wanted to end my life, but not really caring how it moved forward. And so the six months after I left college were really the most struggle parts to me. I was having anxiety attacks several times a week of just what did I do wrong? How did I fail? Like where, where is my life going to go from here? Because this was my identity. This was everything. And really just letting that play out was the hardest part. You know, time heals all wounds, but not not unless we face them too in that time. So I really had to face them, let them play out as they, as they were and really see where life was going to go from there. And 
then, you know, I went back to school. I finished my last semester, you know, kept going on this path of trying to heal and build this new life, build this new identity of what am I going to do now? I graduated, moved back here to Phoenix, moved in with my soon to be husband and, you know, we're building our life now. I was able to build my business and, you know, slowly I'm able to share this story. Um, It's not an easy one to share as anyone with a story like mine is. And like you said, transition is hard in any capacity. But when you're an NCAA athlete and you move out of NCAA, Mm. especially if you have not completed your four years, it is a truly hard transition because you have no support. You have, you have left what you know, and it's an organization that doesn't care for those that leave. No matter if you've left fulfilling your four years or before that, they're done with you. And so that's really something that I want to go back to because of my experiences. We're starting this podcast that's launching in August of 2020. Yeah. Uh, the Our Story is Student Athletes podcast where we're going to tell some of these stories. And it's going to be really hard for me to tell my story in its entirety, even getting into more of the nitty gritty and that transition and, mm. you know, what I want to build for this community that we're, we're going to be building. Yeah. But it's, it, it's a lot. Yeah. 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 Because I think that when you've been an athlete your whole life too, and then that kind of piece of you, that is a piece of your identity when that like disappears and then all of the support disappears, it's like, it's almost like a death. I feel like you're probably going through this grieving process and then also needing to hold it together to finish school or if you go right out to start your career. And so, um, yeah, I think transitions and like being prepared. I think one of the best things in life we can learn is like the preparation, um, for the the next step or like adaptability. Um, I think mental tenacity comes into that, but I don't know exactly how that is like created or trained, but, but when you're talking about that, I feel like that would be super supportive for kids to learn. I mean, people, but like it'd be rad (laughs) for kids to, to learn that. Um, so is there anything that you currently do to kind of help yourself to train overcoming in small ways in your life or practice facing fear so that when big things come, you feel more able to like face it. Um, so like practicing, um, overcoming in small ways. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a big question that I kind of want to narrow down a little bit. Like, how do we go through our daily fear Mm -hmm. of what, of what's in our head, what's happening around us, what things are going on? Because in my head, it's still a hot mess sometimes. Like I still dream of diving as if I were still doing it because it was such a big part. I did it for 12 years. And so, and it abruptly ended in one of the worst days of my life. And Mm. so I still hold some of that. And then I hold, you know, passion for my clients and what I want to teach them. I hold all the information of where I want my company to go and where I want this business to go and David and my relationship and how we're getting married and all of that. And so really taking time for myself is one of the biggest things. And I know everyone says that. But it's really, it truly is powerful to be able to sit with yourself and acknowledge this is what's going on in my head. I acknowledge it 
And you know what? I acknowledge that it's not always true. And that's the biggest thing about dealing with generalized anxiety. If you have it, acknowledging that not everything I think is true. And that's very, very hard to do and acknowledging that because your voice in your head just goes. Yep. But when you're really focused on what is it saying and even journaling out, what is it saying? And then looking at it and saying, is this true? Is this what I want for my life? Is it true for what I'm building? And it's very powerful to be able to say no and then rewrite that thought for something that moves forward. So really a lot of time, you know, by myself acknowledging, I spend a lot of time with Pepper, my kitten, um, who I think has a little bit of anxiety too, because she will like acknowledge when I'm feeling anxious and like come cuddle up with me. Like she doesn't do it to David, but she'll come and she'll try to comfort me. And I just think it's, it's amazing the connection that animals have. Mm. But so time by myself, time with Pepper, journaling is a huge thing that I do every single night just to get everything out of my head from that day, you know, sleep good. Um, So those are really the biggest things that I do to to push that overcoming the daily fear and Mm -hmm. kind of push to grow. Yeah. I love that so much. I love what you said about the um, not everything that you're thinking is true with the anxiety because I think that once you let it get into that hamster wheel and if you don't like get it out and like be like, nope, this isn't true, then you start, then that's when the anxiety starts to take over. And so, yeah, that's super supportive. I love that you shared that. Um, yeah. So, uh, I have one more question for you and then we'll finish up. Um, but kind of going forward, what is your vision for life? And I know that's like, super general. Um, but, um, kind of like, where do you like, what is the impact you're wanting to make? And like, where are you going? And like, how can people connect with you, um, in what you're doing and all of that? Yes. I love that. So there are several things. I have a lot of irons in the fire. I actually talked to one of my coaches the other day about you have a lot of irons in the fire. Like you got to pull some of them out or they're going to burn. But so the vision for life at this point is bringing meal prep mastery into the simplicity and the easy effect that it has on life and being able to build those skills seamlessly without having sauce on your kitchen ceiling, which I definitely did at the beginning. So that is the biggest thing. And that right now is going through the Becoming a Meal Prep Master book is launching in April. The guilt-free eating course is always available. I am starting to do live in-person workshops here in Phoenix um, to help build that meal planning mastery and really engage with my community. Um, On the personal side, you know, we've got the Our Story is Student Athletes podcast. We'll be starting in August. Um, That'll be David and I will each tell our story in the NCAA. He has a very different story in the NCAA. He has a phenomenal story that's leading up to him going to Olympic trials in June of 2020. So fingers crossed that we might be playing a trip to Tokyo in July, um, which would be fantastic to go see the Olympics Um, and for him to compete in it. That would be phenomenal. And past that I am bringing, I am bringing the guilt-free life into reality. I want to see no more restrictive diets. I want to see eating, no hating exercise and thinking as a punishment. We are all building this guilt-free life together. You yeah. can follow me at Casey Fitness on Instagram or 
Facebook, it is K-A-C-E-E, Casey Fitness. Um, I have a unique name as unique as myself Uh, or on the Casey Fitness website. So I'm also the host of the Guilt-Free Healthy Living podcast um, every Monday morning as well. Yes. So, so good. Casey, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. So make sure you take time to connect with Casey. She's a beautiful person and has taught me so much through her life. Casey, I'm so grateful you took time to share your story with us. Thank you again. If you're liking what you hear, please subscribe and share these episodes with the people to encourage them to press on. The heart of this podcast is to really uplift and inspire others that they're not alone and that we're in this journey together. So please, please share this. Next week, we are having my friend, Emily Campen, share her story of walking through an unplanned pregnancy. She has a beautiful soul, and I'm so honored that she's sharing her heart with all of us on this podcast. I hope your day is full of peace and joy. Till next time. Bye.